We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody. We are the Pettiest Bills Podcast. I'm not bright enough for all of that. Drew Gator. Because I thrive off negativity, it's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbag. The Rock Pile Report. Oh, the blood pressure's rising. He gave him Coors Banquet beers out of spite. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'll go to hell and back just to prove a point. to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's from producer Chris Krueger. I've got Iman Azizi in studio with the Senate Reading Shotgun. And we're here talking about week 17. Week 17, New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills. Your time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard, the old-fashioned, as I like to call it now, um... Do you know that this is the first game at 1 p.m. we've played since October? The Dolphins game or the... This game. I mean, is it since that one? 1 p.m. No. Oh, the other Patriots game. Other Patriots game. That's it, yeah. 1 p.m. to 1 p.m. It took us how many months? I don't remember what time I got to get up for this thing. I don't... (laughs) We're all thrown was, off now. I'm starting to panic this morning. I was like, I don't know what to do Sunday now. It's it's definitely a weird state of affairs because we've been out of sorts all season. Chris, you a fan of the 1 p.m. start or the later starts? I like the 1 p.m. Because then you get to get home, you get to settle in, you get to relax afterwards. Yes. You watch a little bit of late night football. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely crazy. Place, obviously, Ralph Wilson Stadium, Orchard Park, New York. The weather is going to be in the mid-30s with no precipitation. We don't need a slicker. It's going to be a cold, kind of dry day, but the humidity is going to be high, so the coals are going to cook differently. It's going to be an interesting afternoon. The line is hilarious. We just looked it up before we hit record. Chris, hit me with the line. Minus 13. The Bills minus 13. Did anyone in Vegas just see the Chargers game? I'm sorry. I just... <sighs> On the call, we, we, we have a crew, head ref Alan Eck. Alan Eck's a weird case. I looked into some of his statistics. I go, that name seems familiar to me. He calls the second lowest number of offensive holding penalties in the entire NFL. He seems to split penalties called pretty much right down the middle. You know, home versus away, like Adrian Hill. If your games have been ref by Adrian Hill, he's called seventy-one penalties on the home team and a hundred on visitors. All right, but at the same time, Eck is seventy-three home, seven seventy-five. This guy sounds like team. a good guy. He sounds he sounds like a good guy. He could almost play for my softball team, right? He sounds like a, <laughs> just a pretty good guy. Should be a fairly clean game, then, correct? Correct. Chris, who do we have on the call this week? C-Team, Kevin Harlan, Trent Green. Now, 
unfortunately, we will be at the stadium. So, Drew, you won't be able to be at home to switch over to Atlanta, Chicago, which has a three-team crew with carpetbagger Ross Tucker <laughs> calling Atlanta and Chicago. Why do people like him? I don't know. It's at that time where you get these odd, like, you get, like, these... Uh, but the normal d- guys got tired? No, 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 no. It's the end of the season, so you have... Everybody's playing. There's no more buys. So you have... This is like how Pat McAfee got started. He called a Detroit Green Bay game in like week 18. And he was, you know, like G-level team. Because it was a test for McAfee. Let's see if we should bring him in for an analyst job for next season. So you have Chris Lewis. I have no idea who that is. Jason McCourty and Ross Tucker calling uh, Atlanta at Chicago on CBS. This week, so that's I get. I guess that is a uh, possibility for one of those two to be an analyst next year. Gross. Kevin Harlan's not bad. I don't know. He's one of the greats. So why is he the C team? Because uh, one is Nansen Romo. Sure. Two is Ian Eagle and Chuck Davis. You mean to tell me that Kevin Harlan isn't better than those guys? Or it's close to where I'll he take lives. Ian Eagle over Kevin Harlan. He may have said, do me a solid, put me... Where is the game, Chicago? Or, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe he lives around there. Maybe. Ian Eagle and Chuck Davis are doing Miami-Baltimore. What's our late game when we get home? Game of the week, Cincinnati at Kansas City or on Fox. You can watch Pittsburgh and Seattle. Well, the Pittsburgh-Seattle game has a lot of... Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma. Has a lot of impact on Bills fans considering what's at stake and considering that we could clinch the division then. Or clinch a playoff berth, depending on the outcome of that game and how things went in the one o'clock hour. So I guess I get it. It'll be so, so it's shaping up to be a pretty okay day of football as long as the Bills handle their business. Now when it comes to injury news, Buffalo Bills have an interesting list of players, but so do the Patriots. I mean, Iman, you see that. It's a lot of people. Well, we only have two that are DNP. Yeah, they have three. Trent Brown, Jalen Mills, and Jabril Peppers all did not participate. Uh, Christian Barmore limited. Jawan Bat. I mean, they've got nine players here. I think the most important one is Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Jonathan Jones, Anthony Jennings, Hunter Henry. I mean, I... But you never know. The Patriots always do this. They put sure. Everyone on the- 100%. When you're talking about the Bills, the thing I like about our injury report, obviously I don't like seeing Reed Ferguson's name on there. That's that's not great. Suspect. Sus, as the kids say. Yep. Floyd and Miller are getting rest, although some people would argue Von Miller's been resting this Jesus entire time. <laughs> just put somebody else in. It's de- have you wa- if you watch a game and just watch him, it's depressing. It's, He's a Tecmo Bowl player who engages and keeps pressing A to disengage. John Fino wants told me on a podcast we were doing together before training camp. He was talking about how one of the things that you learn during camp is who's engaged, who are the guys, and who's just, as they call it, on the bread line. <laughs> who's just on the bread line? Because they're just there getting their bread. That's all. They, they just show up, they get their bread, and they go home. Von Miller is on the bread line. Yeah. It, it's all I've been able to think of. All year watching him play, and then to hear Sean McDermott come out and carry water for him when Ed Oliver made the sack on Saturday, and how like low key Vaughn congratulated him was weird to me. I don't know if you saw that. Ed's like going nuts, and he's like, "Good job, bro." I, what is that? He's. I I I just I, we could devote a whole podcast to my feelings about Von Miller right now. I don't think he should be here. I think he should be still on IR. We should I tweet think. about it. Tweet it out. It's tweet about. Hey, listen, tweet I made. I made. Listen, I'm not gonna. I made a promise during our AFC roundup. We need everyone's voice on this. That's what we need. I made. I made a promise that I was gonna stop fighting about things on social media when it comes to sports, which I am. But also, I will still say some inflammatory shit and just walk away. Because I don't care about your thoughts. That's narcissism, baby! That's <laughs> the beauty of being gross. When you look at the Patriots, they have some significant injuries out there. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Who gets... I mean, I think the biggest thing for the Bills is Daquan Jones. Getting a full practice in and knowing that he's, like, there. And then hearing that Kyrie Elam's been activated. 
officially activated to the 53-man roster. So somebody has to go. Someone, there's going to be a roster move in the next day or two to correlate to that, unless they've been carrying an extra spot, but I can't believe that. Daquan Jones is getting closer, and I like that. And I wonder if this is one of those things where, is this the week you do, you let it rip now, get him back out there in a very limited rotation. But you have to worry because this is a very run-heavy football team, which means if you have him active, you either have to cut down on another position somewhere else, like the secondary, mm-hmm. or you just have to put him out there and be like, listen, man, just don't re-aggravate that because you're going to get a lot of work. Or you limit his stats and just his snaps and just know that you're going to be kind of you're leaving yourself a little shorthanded in what you like to run as a rotation on defensive tackle. Is our preseason <clears throat> god still on the team? Uh, Isabella or what? It- Andy Isabella, he's still around. Okay, because that might be the – I was trying to think who they would move. They can move him back. And they could say, look, we'll put you back in the practice squad or we can cut you and you clear waivers. However that goes, I'm not smart yeah. enough to know. Ask, yeah. ask, go ask cover one that question. <laughs> go find Paul Wineski at hashtag and ask him that. I'm not, I'm not qualified to speak on such things. But it is interesting to see them both out there. Justin Shorter is also getting full practice with this hamstring injury. You mean to tell me that our fifth round draft pick at wide receiver, who's six foot three six foot four young kid was a gunner on special teams and he wasn't playing but you have a 40 year old cornerback (laughs) you have a 39 year old defensive back on your special teams unit no 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 no. you fire josh norman into the sun the second (laughs) justin shorter is ready to come back that's how that works. Even if you only put him out there for special teams and then maybe a trick play once in a while, I'd rather have that. Agreed? Agreed. Chris, can we all agree on that? Yep. So it'll be interesting to see who's activated, what the final roster looks like, whether Ty Johnson comes back, how the you know, I think I think we like the early returns on playoff Lenny last yeah. week. Yeah. Okay. We got a guy. He can come do some nice things for me. Awesome. I guess the thing that I'm looking at when it comes into this game is that, like, Christmas went really well for Bills fans because we were in this weird purgatory state where the playoffs didn't look imminent, and yet at the same time, that weight would have crushed what this tailgate this weekend was going to be. Mm-hmm. We went from a place where we doubted everything about the season. We're six and six. We're going into the bye. Everything's terrible. The bottom's falling out. And then three weeks later, we're firmly in the playoff picture with clinching scenarios happening this weekend. It's weird the feel that the tailgate takes on. Mm-hmm. depending on where you are in that. Now, Chris, you and I have been to some tailgates, luckily. Like, for as long as you've had season tickets, the Bills have been competitive. Yes. What was your first year? Do you remember? I don't remember. Might have been Allen's first year. 2018? Yeah. What about you? The first tailgate I went to? First tailgate was with Allen at quarterback. What oh, with that? Allen at quarterback. Um Steelers opening day. Okay, so 2019. Yeah. No, it was right after the pandemic. Or, t- or 2020. So it was 2021. Yeah. And it was the letdown game? Yeah, it was awful. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> How do we lose to them? Yeah. And then by the end of the year, you're still one of the best teams in football. Yeah. It's Guys, Mark Smith got drunk one night and subscribed. This is, a, this is why I love this guy. He didn't just buy a meme app and have it permanently on his phone. He subscribed to an app. And so now what he does is he gets bombed and just floods us with memes because he feels like he has to justify the, what, like $7 purchase? Yeah, I think they're pretty funny. I'm, I'm a big fan. He's actually pretty good at this. But that's his thing. Is every time the Bills do well, it's just Drew. <laughs> oh, it's Josh Allen, a good quarterback. Always was. The, the astronaut with a gun to the other guy's head. He does it to Bridget. All her, she, she just says like four ch- like texts from him, and they're just that same meme, the last like four <laughs> games we've won. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, Mark, you're a scourge on everybody. But we love it. That's the thing. You're a problem, but also it brings us joy. 
you think about where we were emotionally when this team was in the just in the dumpster. And it seemed like the season like after that after that Denver game. That was rough. <laughs> I just rough. felt it I felt all day we were gonna blow it. Just all day. It's like this is gonna end badly. I spent the whole next day hung over on a ladder, refusing to look at anything. I was like, no, this is this is how I deserve this for believing that these guys weren't schmucks. And now look at where we are. Now does anybody doubt Josh Allen? Few people who want clicks. I don't know. We're back to the place where we should have been. And it's weird how the party takes on a different it just takes on a whole different presence. Even the Jets game, people were we were kind of scared. Yeah. Hopeful, hopeful, scared. Hopeful, but worried because we lost to him earlier. Yeah. Now you're playing a Patriots team. You're, you're like, oh, if I can just get over this game, we can get out of here. And yet already the energy is a very different feel. Mm-hmm. So this week, like the Bills have gone, where were they? They were less than 20% to make mm-hmm. the playoffs to a place where they have clinching scenarios in hands. And... Chris, has this felt like the longest season in the last couple of years? Yes. <laughs> Isn't it because the Bills went through that up and down period? Yes, and you. Don't forget you. Well, also me. My <laughs> my energy can be a little bit uh, grating. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> the vitriol is kind of tiring, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This has been one of the. Yeah. This this has been a tough year, despite where they are. Just it hasn't felt good. I can like see the highlight VHS tape of this year. Like, how do you encapsulate this? Unless you would just focus on the postseason run, I guess you would just be like, "It was a great season." Then we got to the playoffs. <laughs> like, that's all they would do. Yeah, you're like, "Oh, well, we're just gonna bur-. this." We we were being the Colts. Mm-hmm. We were being the Colts when they had you know when they were in their prime and they had Peyton Manning and they would just burn their way through the AFC South. Get the inevitable home playoff game, and then somewhere along the way in the division run, fall on their face. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, a lot of times, it was Tom Brady. A couple times, it was the Steelers. Like yeah. it was the Mike Vanderjack game, mm-hmm. where Mike Vanderjack just stopped being a good kicker and just never figured it out again. It's a weird thing, but that's where we were. Now we're in this place of hey, we're here. We made it somehow. Somehow. And I feel like, I don't know, we've arrived at the end of the season, and now it just seems like it was the season that felt like it was dragging out. The tailgates were kind of the bright spot for me mm-hmm. over the course of this. And so, depending on how the chips fall, this weekend could represent our final tailgate. I, th- I feel like it's going to be. I don't, I don't I know just, if we're getting one. I mean, Chris, do you... How strongly do you believe that the Bills will have a home playoff game this year? I mean, this is my last tailgate. Eh, regardless, that's your last one. Yeah. It's, he's finished. So I guess with that in mind, like, I just, I'm a sucker for nostalgia and reflection. I always have been. So I, with 2024 approaching and this just sense of change, I want to have you here tonight, Iman. Just kind of commiserate with us about what the 2023 tailgate season was. Because it was weird. First of all, we, f- we had to find a new home. Mm-hmm. We had to uproot the thing that I've been doing for literally the last 20 years of my life. Which was parking in one lot with the same people every week. It all got uprooted and we had to kind of go elsewhere. And so it was funny seeing how we get to Doc's lot and, you know, we had the, Chris, maybe you remember, and I'm sure you remember when you first joined me in the mud lot, there was the old guys next to us, the Bud Light guys, the mm-hmm. the, the Try It Beverage Company guys. And then there was the shot bus and there was the RV crew yeah. that would bring the thing. We get to Doc's lot, we're new, and it seems like we're the only ones with a real tailgate. Yeah. And so it was weird, like, hey, we're going to try to scratch what we do out of nothing. We're going to have to rebuild this from the ground we're up. We're like the sequel of the yes! the Bud Light guys next to us. Yeah, like, there was a, well, it's like the sequel of a movie where you go, I don't know if they're going to be able to execute this or not, mm-hmm. because it worked so well the first time. All the pieces were there. All the central characters were there. You can't recreate those artificially. Yeah. Does the sequel work? 
I mean, how many bad sequels have you ever seen? Yeah. Hot Shots Part 2 was not very good. Hot Shots is the first... How is it the first film that comes to mind? Because it pissed me off because I, I spent like all the money I had to go see that in the theater. And I'm like, that wasn't that good. Chris, worst movie sequel in your opinion? Um, It's not the second. It would be the third if that... Uh, that qualifies. That would mm-hmm. be Major League Three. Oh yeah, you that one's made that film. terrible. Terrible. Uh, two, I could argue two maybe better than one, and that's solely for Rube Baker. Rube Baker, <laughs> <laughs> Rube Baker brought it for Major League Two. <sighs> Guys, it, it was just so different in a lot of different ways. I mean, Chris, you were more available this year than you ever have been before. Oh, we did have a month. Uh, this game coming up and a Thursday night game, so I didn't have to use a vacation day. Yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of good cocktails. That's This has been the most cocktail-heavy tailgate That's season. It. Chris, like you, not only that, but then what you also bring is you're just like, you float around and just deliver this dry sense of humor. You don't talk a ton, but when you do, like it's the same thing you do with the podcast. People are like, oh, Drew says a ton of shit. You know who's funny is Chris. No, that's... <laughs> Neat. That's neat. See? He doesn't know how to take a compliment either. <laughs> no. You want to make that a resolution? No, fuck that. <laughs> uh, and then, Iman, I mean, when I think about you, I like you joined us in the mudlot. And we started doing this whole thing together. And I'd already been there. We'd already been there. And so it was kind of like you were just you were a part of our thing and we just kind of naturally grew what had already existed. This time around, it was you and me. I'll never forget this. You beat me to the lot the first day. And we beat Zach over at Doc's lot, who was... Zach's a great dude. And I love that parking lot. Like, I love this place. And just the format of it and everything else. But you and I were alone in the... Like, now we're just in the lot. In our vehicles, just waiting for the guy who owns it to show up. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, it was almost comforting because it felt like the like a kid on his first day of kindergarten. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect. I don't know how any of this is going to go. But what I know is, is that I'm not the only person who's in this boat. So in that way, it's kind of cool. Yeah. We got to have that together and kind of figure out what this whole thing was going to be together. But, uh, thank you. Yeah, we had those back-to-back weeks of showing up so early. He's like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> He's, he, I love the fact that Zach was literally like, why are you guys here so early? <laughs> no, Zach, you don't understand. This is, this is what we do. And then you fast forward to last weekend when he allowed me to park my own truck. And I go, see, you trust me. <laughs> we finally did it. We're, we're, we're getting there. We're slowly getting there. And I love the fact that when I would read things online or I'd talk to people and they'd be like, oh, that guy who owns a lot, he's, he's kind of gruff. Yeah, no shit, yeah. because if I ran that, I'd run it with an iron fist. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I would do. But Zach's nice. He's understanding. He also knows exactly how he wants us blocked out. But what you don't understand is that, well, he seems like he's being like, like he seems like he's being very controlling. You all have a better time because he does his job that way. I couldn't recommend Docslot more to anybody out there who's trying to find a location. Come join us over there. It's a great time. Yeah. Now, have you enjoyed the new lot, the transition away now, from the, the wilderness that was the mud lot? Because um, even when I used to come up once or twice a year, I'd always tailgate in mud lot or lot one by the before they blocked it all off. You yeah. used to like cross whatever, but... This now that he's moved us off the grass, we got upgraded to asphalt. Has I think been nice, and now we're starting to get a groove of how we set things up. I, we're, we're on the cusp of having it down. I think the big thing for him is just foot traffic. We draw more foot traffic than any tailgate in that lot. So he's like, "Well, I don't want people walking on the grass when it's wet because they'll just mm-hmm. turn into a mud pit, and then people's trucks will get stuck." Mm-hmm. We also have heavy vehicles, so. It, it's the, I can see that, like, but there's a thoughtfulness to what he's trying to accomplish, and I love that. I love it because the mud lot was a free for all. Yeah, I loved that. 
I also like being we're we're next to hammers and we're kind of like the opposite in a good way of what's going on over there. And so yeah. people meander over and it's like instead of having a bunch of characters, we're just dudes. Just dudes hanging out having a good time. Yep. I just like if I could say this and not be as it's probably the whiskey. Don't 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 well, play it's, it's 114 proof here. From friends to business partners to tailgateos. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's more important, but I'm happy I don't have to pick with you because you're. Well, we moved when we finally made the f- big move to Buffalo. Bridget and I parked in KK lot because it was easy off of Abbott to go back to South Buffalo. I'm like, this ain't it, but we're gonna figure it out. I remember it was three games we did that, and that third game is the one it was we came and saw you or the Washington game, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, this is it. We found it. <laughs> this is the group. It's like it took two, two and a half weeks. I was like, there it is. Because since moving permanently to Buffalo, you put it out into the world and it seems to happen. Just like it's going to fall into place. You're going to meet the right people. And I, I was just like confident. I, I was like, KK Law is all right. Kind of crammed. I don't know. And then coming out of it with my back sack full of barbecue crap. All that stuff. You're like, oh, you're serious. Oh, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> oh, you're a professional. I'm sorry. Here yeah, I no. am, just a rube with a folding grill. It's like next week <laughs> we're going to Mudlot, dear. <laughs> uh, and it's just funny to see where we've come from there. Chris, you look at the rest of like what happened to the rest of our crew. Dan out of the lineup because he's coaching youth hockey and wrangling four boys. I think he he made it to one game this year, and I was just happy to get to see him. Home opener. Potter, new job. He's in and out of the lineup, and now he's on his way to having a kid of his own. Like, Mark, new dad. Had to learn. I had to learn how to pack creatively to bring some of the tailgate staples that usually Mark's responsible for. But this is the thing. Mark needed somewhere to park with an easy exit if need be. We make it work. These are people, these are guys who I've known forever and we've kind of grown. They're our crew. And it's crazy thinking about this like a timeline. Like I get to see how everybody's, everybody's experience has changed from when we were just a bunch of drunk 20-year-olds with season tickets who were just happy to be there watching a bad football team. To now you're having children, you think back to, oh, this tailgate happened this year. Well, that was the year that Dan had his third kid. And, like, you go through it like that. I'm really, like, I'm ecstatic about all the things that we've gotten to experience and all the people we've gotten to meet because of this thing. I mean, you think about some of the people we saw this year. It's wild. This lot just got to spend a weekend with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Yulberg. Mm-hmm. Get to meet one of his older children. Chris was furious. Not furious, but he was pretty upset that he kept calling me Mr. Drew. <laughs> he goes, I hate it when people address you like a formal adult because you're not. Yeah, pissed me off. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, Yulberg's son on our way to the Irish Center asked, he's like, are we going to the tailgate now? <laughs> Friday night. Friday night going to the Buffalo Irish Center. It's like, kid, the game isn't for 48 <laughs> hours. You'll be fine. You'll figure it out. And I just, I, I've got a laundry list here, but I don't even know how I could get through all these people. Like Jay Detro, Chef Mark. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that I got to make fun of Detro, but watching him, see, so you talk about time and place and how every tailgate's like a, it's a, it's a timeline. And I go, he goes, oh no, I gave up my, uh, I gave up my truck for a minivan. And I broke his balls a little bit about it because that could never happen to me. Right, honey? Right? It's never going to happen to me. Right? I'm never going to be the guy giving up my truck for a minivan. I don't know why you're talking at the camera like she watches this. <laughs> Sadly, she does. It's hilarious. She, she, she wants to see. She goes, I just want to see. I'll watch it. And then I can better understand why you're so crabby in the moment. <laughs> You think about, uh, who was the guy? Brian, Brian, I believe it's Barga, brought his brother, which if you can say that five times fast, you're a better man than me. Remember the guy who was like real, like a handsome dude with red hair? 
I kept saying he looked like a Fitzpatrick, kind of like a... Santino? Yeah, almost had like an Andrew Santino kind of look to him. And he was a Tampa fan, and they came in from Ohio for that Tampa game. They came like... I, we got to meet Lord and C's parents. Yep. Her dad's almost as funny as Jake. He only he almost tells stories as well as Jake does. Jake and his wife came, who also... Chris, those Christmas cookies are upstairs. You have to bring those things down there. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> Jake, do you hear this? He's not sharing. It's not. It's not. It's not, a, it's not in with the holiday season. I don't know. There's just so many people. We got to meet Eric Harris for the first time. Chris, who 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 did you get to meet this? What stood out to you this year? Things that you Eric got to Harris experience. Had, at, experience at a Eric Harris has been like in on the show since like episode four. Yeah. So it was fun that he flew out from. The left coast, literally. <laughs> left coast, left wing. Yeah. How is his... How is Glad his, I got to meet him. How is his wife a Giants fan? That's what I want to know. I don't know. She could be from New York City or New Jersey. Harris, you better watch out. She'll fight you. <laughs> Eric, I love you. I got to... I, hey, I got to taste bear meat for the first time in my entire life, thanks to Bob Everly. My dad showed up with Paul Cullen, the former bassist from Bad Company. Speaking of which, we got to talk to him about his wine company. Guys, we're working on something for you. Uh, Scott and his family from Nebraska, who I genuinely felt bad. As I was thinking about during our recap show when I was talking about trashing Nebraska, I was like, oh, Scott lives there. <laughs> Yikes, he's going to hear this. Scott, I love you. I just, <laughs> I hate that guy. Florida barbecue guy. Oh, yeah. Florida yeah, barbecue man shows up, puts on a show, and then on my cheap, shitty folding charcoal grill, he reverse sears two tomahawk steaks. Yeah. Not only am I ashamed that I brought that piece of junk, but then also I'm shamed because I didn't cook anything that day. <laughs> That's right. You didn't, yeah. Bridget keeps telling me, she's like, Drew's not cooking shit anymore. What's nope. he doing? He's. Drew, Drew's, Drew's a man of the people. I, I'm i mayoring is what I'm doing. And I, Chris, I got to meet Rhodes. Did you get to meet him? Have no. you ever met Rhodes? No. That's hilarious to me considering he drops moonshine off at your house. Like, that's the thing. That's why I knew he was going to be cool. Like, for not knowing him personally up to that point, I assumed he was going to be cool because, like, everything that I thought about him turned out to be correct. When you think about the type of person who coordinates, like, hey, are you home? I'm going to drop off moonshine. But then he doesn't bother you with the actual knock on the door, all the pleasantries. He just sends a DM and goes, look in the snowbank outside. And there's, <laughs> there's moonshine out there. Chris, you have to admit, that's pretty slick. I like it. It was cool getting to finally meet Rhodes, have my wife meet him, have my wife explain to him, like, oh, so you're the reason that he sometimes is just screaming in the basement for no reason. Guys, this season was a lot of fun. The season of Tailgates, if you had to pick your favorite one, Chris, what do you got? Sunday night. Sunday night football against who? The Giants. What are you, dumb? You liked that tailgate. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that day was just wet yeah. and gross. Why was it your favorite? All day. All right. Fair enough. What about you, Elon? I think Miami. Because so, I wasn't there? That's right. My uh, the, So the guy who moved here from St. Louis, we played poker together in like 07. Mm. He works for the Buffalo Philharmonic, whatever. He texted me on Christmas the other day, and he's like, thank you so much. For bringing me into Bill's fandom, this is the greatest thing ever. Like he had this whole thing. Like he, the dude cried at the game when we closed it out. So he grew up like becoming. He adopted the Rams in St. Louis, and he hated the NFL. Moves here, the dude cried in the stand. He was a little drunk. Of just like I love this. As I love one, this fucking team. As one does. Anyway, that that made that one special. Like I brought him into the fold, and now he's he's got a hate love thing already with it. So that that made that special. See, guys, it's these things. It's these things right here. Like, every one of these, I have a different moment that I'm like, this is my favorite tailgate. That's my favorite tailgate. Realistically, all of them. That's why I love this. 
I can remember the early days of the mud lot when it was just a shit show with a cheese and cracker tray, like the Hormel cheese and crackers that would get waxy. It's fourteen ninety nine now. Jesus. Thanks, thanks a lot, Biden. <laughs> hey, Chris, you happy now? I worked in a reference, too. I like how people know you as right-wing, Chris. <laughs> it's stupid to a lot of people. But you all know I don't care about looking stupid or... <laughs> Everyone who stops by, who's been a part of this, who's come, who's broke bread with us, who's done this, you're all part of one of my favorite things about football and about this team and maybe one of my favorite things, period. Like, the tailgating is like a, an art form to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that we really do, whether we pull it off, it doesn't, they're not all winners, but it's for the love of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's an art form. You, you strive every single week to make it the best it can be. And I love it. And I couldn't pick a better group of guys to do it with. Chris, a toast to you. Iman? Oh, I have a glass. There we go. Guys, we got a lot of Canadians and other visitors to feed this Sunday. I can't wait. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So as we move on from the nostalgia, Iman, we bring in Mr. Mark Schofield, who hasn't made an appearance on the Rockball Report this season, to talk about the Patriots. Now, guys, I don't know, for those of you who may have forgotten, Mark Schofield, Mr. SB Nation, he's Mr. F1 Racing these days. I, I got a question for you, Mark. Where the hell is, what was it, Azerbaijan? Azerbaijan. Yeah. Where, where is it? Because I have a sneaking suspicion that it's a lot like Hogwarts or Narnia and that it's not a real place. It's a place. magical, mystical like, place. It doesn't actually exist. Rich people no, just talk it, about it. A, you know, it's in the Middle East, man. It's on the Caspian Sea. Have, have, where geographically? On the Caspian Sea. What? I said where geographically, though? In the Middle East, kind of. Like... <laughs> That's very generic. That's like when I say Hogwarts is near England. It doesn't mean it's not fake. Is Azerbaijan real? It certainly sounds fake. It's like, (laughs) you know, that like cluster of countries that like broke away from the Soviet Union back when like, I don't know, I was in like seventh grade when this happened. Yes. Like it's in that little cluster. It's like just north of Iraq. How about that? All right. Fair enough. Yeah. You've also. Have I been? No, I have not been. (laughs) No. Has this been the most Iran's been mentioned on this podcast yes. ever? Yes. This is a night full of Iranian mentions. We talked about the Iron Sheik. We've talked about, we've talked about a lot of things. What I love for you over at SB Nation is that you've recently gotten into hockey. You've gotten into baseball. You've been talking about everything over there. You had a Connor Bedard article. I did. Like, Michigan goal. Is it, like, you got to write about it. Is it fun getting to dabble into other sports? It absolutely is because, like, Look, you guys have known me for years now, and you know I love football. I played it, love writing about it, love telling stories about it. But, like, when you're saying day in and day out, oh, watch how this quarterback, like, keeps his eyes to the middle of the field and then flashes them late to throw that deep corner out and manipulates the safety in the middle of the field, it can get a little monotonous. 
So it's nice to break it up with, hey, this goal was pretty freaking cool, and I don't have to like dive into like intricate analysis of how it happened. It's just, hey, look at this. This is really cool. Or, you know, like with the F1 stuff, like, hey, these cars room room very fast. You should watch it. And when I get to like interview drivers, like I've never interviewed like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen one-on-one, you know, 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I interviewed three drivers one-on-one this year, my first year covering F1. Like, I've never sat down with Josh Allen, but I sat down with Lando Norris, sat down with Valtteri Bottas, sat down with Oscar Piastri. Like, I've never interviewed a head coach one-on-one, sat down with McLaren's CEO a couple weeks ago. Like, this is... Sure. I love this for you. I love that you're getting an opportunity to really expand your horizons. You know what I love? I'm just... Let me tell you what I love. That the Patriots suck, <laughs> but not bad enough for May or Williams. That's what I like. Man, what what is it? 45, 60 seconds till that was dropped in my head? He, like that Liberty Mutual commercial where I like stood under the grand piano that just <laughs> dropped in my head? <laughs> well, I was going to... See, see, I'm a little more articulate because I had it set up to where I was going to ask you about how the fact that you still work the NFL circuit... You recently wrote a piece about how Antonio P- Pierce deserves the Raiders job. Absolutely. And and you, you stated, I read it, you stated a great case for it. He deserves it because they have money tied up elsewhere. In well, that's coaches. the other thing. Well, yeah, the, yeah, but also because he's inspired that team to do a thing they haven't done in six, seven years under three yeah. different coaches. But also... Because as a Patriots fan and a longtime podcaster, your own team might have some questions on that front about who's going to fill the head coaching vacancy. I was just on with with the cover one kids. I was just on with Kevin and Kevin. Yep. And I actually floated it. I'm like, look, if they move on from Belichick and Antonio Pierce is available, yeah, absolutely. Interview him. Like, please do. But I, I don't know what happens come January 9th, let's say. Yep. I don't. Um, I've tried to find out. You know, we all know the story from Tom Curran that came out a couple of weeks ago that the decision was made. I know Tom. I trust his reporting. I think there's probably some truth to the idea that after that game in particular, that disastrous game in Germany, when you're Robert Kraft, you know, you sort of view yourself as somebody that's like, you know, one of the most well-known owners out there. He's tried to bring football, you know, was part of, Getting the strike ended, for example. You bring this game to Germany. You want to promote the Patriots as a global product. And to see that game on that stage, like you're putting that, Mac, that version of Mac Jones in front of a European-German audience, like it did not sit well with him. So I absolutely believe that when that game ended, he was like, no, that's it. Now, maybe things have softened. You know, you beat the Steelers. You beat the Broncos. Get Bailey Zappi looking like, He's better than Mac Jones, which obviously isn't saying much, but it's saying something. Maybe that position is softened. The problem, though, is Belichick, the head coach, is still good at what he does. Belichick, the GM, has got some questions he needs to answer. And yes. that's the critical piece to this room. And I know that's where you're going to go next. It's because you miss on the entire 2019 draft class. Like, look up their 2019 draft class. Everybody they drafted is either on another team or out of the league completely. Like, when you miss an entire draft, that's strike one. This is when the Bills you, drought era stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. Like when you're you talking miss about the drought era. The quarterback at 15 overall, that's a big strike, too. And there have been lots of other strikes along the way. Now, have they gotten things right? Yeah. They've had some good picks. But when you miss on an entire draft class and then the quarterback in two out of three draft cycles, that's going to set you back. And so... Maybe Kraft's thinking is, I don't want you to be GM, but I'd still like you to be head coach. And then does Bill Belichick, the guy who came up under Parcells, who three decades earlier told Kraft himself, if you want me to make you dinner, let me shop for the groceries. Is is, a, is that guy's disciple going to be like, yeah, sure, I'll stop being GM. Wow. Chris just brought up the 2019 class. Yeah. Holy shit. Chase Winovich, Juwan Williams. Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Buffalo Bill Damian (laughs) Harris. He's a guy. At least he's still in the league. (laughs) Jared Stidham is going to be starting for the Broncos. You guys just ended. New England. You just ended Russell Wilson's career. And Jared Stidham is starting for Denver. There isn't a single player 
from yep. that draft. It's a it's a wasted class. It's an it's an absolutely wasted draft class. Wow. Like, it's hard to do worse than that. So at the top of the show, I was talking about tailgating and how I'm a sucker for nostalgia. I think moments, more so than results, are what makes sports memorable. But I feel like I think that because I root for a team that hasn't ever won a title. Like, titles are memorable. If we had won a Super Bowl, I'd have that as my, this is the big shining moment. I've been here for years watching Belichick-led teams kick us in the teeth over and over again and leave us all feeling with the sense of despair. You're walking out of the stadium dejected because Bill Belichick came to town and pissed and everyone's cornflakes. You know, 2019, 2021, it hasn't been mm-hmm. that long. Even though his overall results haven't been good, he still finds a way to come on, come to Buffalo and fuck up my weekend once in a while. So what are the odds that I'm about to go out and watch the last Bill Belichick game here in Buffalo as a coach of the Patriots? I mean, I'd say it's greater than 50%. Well, probably somewhere in the 60, 70 range. Um, because I just, I, and it's sort of because of what I just talked about, that yep. tension between Belichick, the GM, Belichick, yep. the head coach. I don't see how that gets fixed, number one. Number two, if you're Robert Kraft, given what we just talked about, do you want Belichick part of uh, at the helm of another rebuild? Yeah. Like, do you want that? If you're Belichick, do you want that? When your goal at this point is Shula's record. Yeah. Like, you draft, let's say they fall into a top three pick and they get Williams or they get May. Do you want to go through that process or do you want to find yourself in, let's just say, Washington or Carolina or San Diego? San, well, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. San Diego. Or, or I'll throw this one out Dallas. Whoa, if, they have yeah. another, if they have another playoff collapse and Bill Belichick is available, don't tell me Jerry's. Fired up the private jet. I'm not going to lie. That, that. I could abs- You know what? I haven't thought about that until right now, but that's a great point. Yeah. He would be the perfect Cowboys coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Comes so, in there with a big reputation. Hey, I do this. I do defense well. Everyone yeah. loves defense here in the Lone Star State. Yeah. I mean, defense running the football. I, mean, I have Michael Parsons. 1980s all over again. So I, I, I think it's far more likely – that he's somewhere else. And I think it is far more likely that, yeah, you're going to roll into the stadium this weekend and see him in a Patriots hoodie for the last time. Yeah, it's well, only 35 and overcast, so. Maybe it's short sleeve. He's no, a bit of cut sleeve hoodie. He's no. a bitter old prick, so I'm yeah. assuming he's not going to just roll over for us. No. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a curmudgeon. We're seeing no. that. This he's, performance he's got, down the stretch. I think he's somewhat enjoying the role of spoiler. I yes. mean, kind of pissed in the Steelers Cheerios. Yes. Obviously just did that to Denver. Exactly. And that's where I don't want him to become the spike in our heel. And that's where I want to talk about the team and just the play a little bit. The quarterback conundrum. Now, this is Zappi's turn to shine or not. Now, I want to point to something that one of your uh, old buddies, Alex Shane, over at patspulpit.com wrote this week. Oh, boy. (laughs) He says, I, for the life of me, don't know what to make of Bailey Zappi. He's made some throws this season that I would put up against any other quarterback in the league. And he's also made some horrendous decisions. (laughs) He shows pocket pocket presence one snap, misreads the coverage, and gets sacked on the next. How do you qualify Bailey Zappi in terms of what he brings that Mac Jones wasn't? He's unlocked more explosive plays in the passing game while not being as consistent. Like, Mac could hit the five-yard check down. He could hit the six-yard out. He could keep you on schedule. But when it came time to either push the ball downfield, create a little bit off of structure, or just create an explosive play, you weren't getting it. And as we saw near the end of the Mac Jones run, he was trying to be something he wasn't, which was a athletic NFL quarterback. Like, Mac Jones does not have the flush myself to the right sideline, throw back to the middle of the field, late in the down throw. He does not have that club in the back. Not too many quarterbacks do. 
He certainly doesn't. Josh but he Allen kept trying. Like, and it was just not working. Now, Zappy, to the point that you just read from a great piece over Pat's pulpit, yeah, there are times when it's like, I don't understand. I don't know if he understands playing quarterback in the NFL. You know, between reading coverages or understanding pressure schemes or pocket presses and things like that, it's just scattered at times. But then there are times when it's like, look, well, this is a great ball. This is a great read. This is a great throw. Look so at what I he did against pressure. Look, look at what he did in terms of pressure against Denver. Yeah. When they pressured him, he was 9-13 for 115 and a touchdown. That's – those are good numbers. Those are good numbers. You like but that. But it's not always like that. No, and that's it. But then you look at him and you go, okay, they knew that this was a game we wanted to have. Bill wanted this game. Oh yeah, <laughs> right on the road in hostile territory on Christmas, Christmas Eve, island in front game, of the whole place country. Where they've always lost. Yeah, let's go out there and fuck these guys. And Bailey Zappi was the guy. Whether he was kept clean, whether he was pressured, he was smart. He made smart decisions with the football. Now maybe you can trick him into it, but it seems like he's a much more decisive thrower of the ball under pressure than Mac. Mac's yeah. numbers under pressure are terrible, and they always were. Yeah. I mean, they always were. And, you know, that was the other thing. Like, he's a bit more athletic than Mac, which might not be saying much. But, like, the problem with Mac was he had to overcome that lack of athleticism. We talked about this with his mind, right? If he could stay ahead of pressure schemes, sim pressures, slot corner blitzes, things like that, he'd be fine. But he was never able to do that at the NFL level the way he was at Alabama. Zappi's got at least a bit more athleticism. Too. And sometimes that's just enough. Well, that's it. So how do you expect them, given kind of the dearth of playmakers you guys have? We know the tight end position isn't loaded. We know the wide receiver position is struggling. <laughs> like, Demario Davis was your leading receiver last, last week. Yeah. How do you expect them to attack the Bills' defense? I think you're going to see a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I, He's I, I the think most explosive going- player on the field. Yeah, and he's played well. You know, and Zappy likes to target him in the passing game. You're going to see him look in his direction a lot on throws. They'll scheme some short stuff up for Douglas. You'll see a lot of him out of the slot, too. They really like him out of the slot. You know, for all the, like, griping about Belichick and the outside receiver, boundary receiver position, they get slot receivers right, and it seems like they have a new one in Douglas, you know, because some of the rocks he was running against Denver were impressive out of the slot. You know, but I think it's going to be a conservative-ish type of game plan with some opportunities to push it downfield, some back shoulder throws to Parker and things like that. Chris, are you worried at all about the approach? No, not at all. <laughs> he goes, no, not at all. One, one, one answer. Here's what I'll say. Given your stack up of offensive personnel against our secondary and the way that they played the last three weeks. Now, maybe not last week. Last week they were waiting for Stick to kind of trip over himself, which is kind of... St- <laughs> yeah. But it didn't happen, but we ended up getting the win anyway. If anything, that emboldens them to take the same approach and say, listen, we'll give Zappy all the cheap shit. Make him work an 11 play, a 13, yeah. a 14 <clears throat> play drive for a score. Yeah. And then we'll still force a field goal. Because in the red zone, he's not going to throw into the teeth of the defense. Yeah. That's the thing that's going to lose or win the Patriots this game. I guess when I see it, I then pivot to the defense and say, what are they going to do to try to suppress the Bills? Try to keep, because obviously you know your team can score against decent teams in the NFL. Now that you have Bailey Zappi, your offense seems to be clicking. You found Ezekiel Elliott as a weapon. Now on defense, like, Bill, there's some numbers that I think Bill's fans need to hear. First of all, for all of the Patriots' blowout losses this year and all the things that everybody thinks they can kind of, oh, hey, look, point and laugh, eighth in total yards against, eighth in first downs allowed, second in rushing yards allowed. They haven't allowed a 300-yard passer in a month and a half. And although some of the competition, like, that plays a role, right? Like, you play the Pittsburgh Steelers, and <laughs> it's like, all right, well, we get it. That guy wasn't yeah. going to throw for 300. 
but they haven't given up more than 85 yards rushing since week nine. These are all numbers that point to the fact that even though the offense is beleaguered because they don't have a ton of talent, this defense, for as undermanned and injured as they are, they're still holding down the fort for Bill Belichick. And I think that this is this is the hallmark of Bill mm-hmm. Belichick football, isn't it, Iman? Yeah. Like, for as long as we've known him, he's been he's been ruining us with the defense, more so than the offense. Yeah, he's game plan out game planned us the entire time. And McDermott's gonna do what McDermott does, which is I hope you make a mistake. That's how he plays D. And so when those two powers collide, these Patriot games always become something. <laughs> When you look at what these guys are on defense now, like, this is a hard-working group on defense, regardless of who you have at positions. I guess the question is, what do you think is going to work in the Patriots' favor on Sunday on defense? Well, one of the things that fascinates me about the Bills right now is, particularly against Dallas, right, that run game that you've discovered in recent weeks. and. You know, 266 yards rushing as a team. This is an extremely good run defense. Like, look at any metric, like DVOA, like minus 20%, like 20% above average, basically, against the run. They're a very good run defense. And if you get into a game plan, Buffalo, from Buffalo's perspective, like Joe Brady seemed to have put together against the Chargers where they decide, look, we can run the ball now. Let's, let's lead into that a little bit more. That will play to New England's strength. Like, if Buffalo comes out and decides, hey, we want to run the football, New England wants this to be a ground-down, slow, yeah. you know, clock-bleeding kind of game. You know, so if that's the approach, I'm extremely – I'm not that I'm confident or comfortable, but I think that gives New England a chance to win. The issue will be, though, Jalen Mills is banged up. I don't know if he's going to go. Peppers didn't go last week. He's got a leg hamstring. Don't know if he's going to go. If Joe Brady decides, you know what, I see that how good this team is against the run, I'm putting this game in 17's hands. That's where I get worried. You know, if I'm a Patriots fan, if I'm Bill Belichick, because if they turn this into no, 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 we're turning this game into a shootout. We don't want to run against you guys. That'd be dumb. We'll throw it against you guys. We'll throw it against this band up secondary. All we need is a couple of big plays here and there. If this is New England's not built to come from behind. No. So if this becomes a 21 nothing game midway second quarter with Buffalo leading, it's over. But if it's, you know, 12-10 late third quarter, yeah, then it's nervy times on Buffalo's sideline. You've been watching this team for a long time. You're hanging out, about to witness a possible changing of the guard, not just a quarterback, but then it – like, you came on our podcast – and we had you on, and we brought you on under false pretense. We brought you in, and then we popped bottles of champagne. champagne in my face. Yeah, that was a great, that was fantastic content. Let's be we, honest. We popped it, and we played Celebrate by Cool and the Gang when Tom Brady left. <laughs> he was gone. Um, it was great content, but I feel it was bad. Tremendous content. Now we're looking at a world where the other half of the equation is on his way out. Yeah. This would almost seem like a signature win on his way out the door. If if he was going to try to steal this one in terms of pressure packages, because that, that seems to be the thing that kind of it's it's a combination of coverage and pressure. Those are the things that seem to flummox Josh Allen. If you play pure pressure, they solve you. And if all you do is play coverage, they solve you. It's that combination. And if anybody's qualified to do it, it's probably Bill Belichick. Well, I mean, what do you as a Patriots fan want to see out of him this weekend? I mean, I want to see them lose this game. Because <laughs> I want to see them lose the game. Caleb Williams. I mean, let's be honest here. Um, but to your point, though, Drew, about tie-in pressure and coverage, there's a great Belichick answer from like 2014 when they had r- racked up a bunch of sacks and a bunch of games in a row. And he talked about the importance of tying those two things together. Because if you can yep. cover everybody, yep. but you can't get home, quarterbacks eventually going to find somebody that's open. Or, you know, if you can get pressure, but you can't cover anybody in the back end, the quarterback's going to still find somebody to throw the ball to. And so you've got to be able to do both. Now, it's tough when it's Josh Allen. 
because you have to you you want to play man because that's what they do philosophically as a defense, but you can't strictly strictly play man against Josh Allen. You can't play zone all the time. You've got to be able to mix it up. You have to be able to get pressure, but you still might want to have a spy on him because of how athletic he is. He makes you make a lot of decisions, and Allen has the ability to make you wrong one way or another. And they have struggled at times balancing those different competing interests when playing Josh Allen. You know, the playoff game a couple years ago, all week long going into that game, Judon and everybody else was telling us, look, you know, got to keep eyes on him. Got to keep eyes on him. Got to spy him. Can't let him scramble for 12 yards on third and seven. The first third and seven of that game, Josh Allen ran for a first down. That game was over right there. You just (laughs) knew they weren't going to be able to stop him on on that night. That's the kind of game that he brings to the table. And so... You know, you're going to want to mix things up. You're going to want to show some different looks. But ultimately, he's one of five good quarterbacks in the NFL that can do unhuman, alien type of things. And when you get him on a night like that, forget it. Your prediction for the score? 27-10 Buffalo. That's a bold one. Sir, where can we find you and all of your content on social media, on the web? Tell us everything about what you're doing. Well, friends, always a blast. Always love when you guys reach out. It's been far too long. Let's do it again soon. Of you can find me on X, Mark Schofield. On threads, Mark Schofield 3916. I think of the weird numbers I got back there. SBNation.com. We're going to be covering college football preview. We're going to be doing like we do at the end of each year, like a month by month catalog, list, blog, whatever of our favorite stories. You can find all the F1 interviews and all that fun stuff. Um, F1 season starts. Late January, we're going to get rolling again, so it'll be that. I'll probably be going to races this year, so yeah. It's going to be a fun little year for me. Hell yeah. And maybe you'll get to find out and tell us where where exactly Azerbaijan is. Well, I told you, it's north of, again, an Iran reference. It's north of Iran. I think you're making Caspian it up. Sea. I still think you're making it up. I, I, I pulled it up on Wikipedia, so I got a map right here. We love you. Guys, Love you, boys. Guys, here's what I know. That's Mark Schofield. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. That's Iman Azizi. And this has been your Rockball Report.